We love because God first loved us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Self-sacrifice is a seemingly counterintuitive action. Self-preservation is seemingly much more in line with our basic instincts and intuitions. And I think this makes a lot of sense. If your hand remains too near a fire, it'll burn and become damaged and you won't be able to use it anymore. So if you get too close to the stove and your self-preservation instinct tells you, what are you doing? Pull your hand back. And that's a good thing. But sometimes our instincts towards self-preservation conflict with other goals that we have. Occasionally I might go for a jog and I'm likely to get to the point where my self-preservation instinct says, what are you doing? You're wearing yourself out. Stop running. But my goal to improve my cardiovascular health or or whatever, um, at that time has to override my self-preservation goal so that I can keep going. At times, my drive towards self-preservation and my goals that require self-sacrifice are at odds with one another. And our readings this morning all seem to coalesce around the theme of love. God is love. God loves us. Love one another. And this theme, I think, is incredibly appropriate for our community in this season. Many times recently, I've heard us say to each other that we need to love each other, that we need love from one another. Our community has been through a a very, very challenging couple of years. And when we face challenges like we've been facing and will continue to face, we feel depleted and exhausted, perhaps like we're languishing as individuals and as a collective. But our readings also show us here that the essence of love is not like warm fuzzies like one sees in rom-coms and love isn't lightning striking star-crossed lovers. Love isn't ultimately about how something makes me feel. Rather, the nature of love according to Jesus is self-sacrifice, something seemingly unnatural and counterintuitive. However, when we remember that our ability to love one another, self-sacrificial as it is, has its origin in the love the almighty creator of the universe has for us, we can be confident that we will be empowered to love in such a way that surpasses even our own understanding. Our gospel reading this morning from John 15 includes Jesus uttering a familiar phrase about the nature of love. In verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. This definition of love, this this principle of love, I think stands at the heart of Jesus' teaching in these upper room discourses in John 13 through 17. If you recall from a few weeks ago on Monday Thursday, when we commemorated Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, he there gave them a, a poignant object lesson to accompany this definition. Jesus, the teacher, Jesus, the superior, sacrificed his dignity and honor in order to serve his disciples. Of course, although unbeknownst to the disciples in that moment, when Jesus uttered this definition, we all know that the very next day, Good Friday, Jesus applied this principle of love to the extreme by literally laying down his life for his his friends, his disciples, and for us. 
This then, picking up on verse 12, is the commandment that Jesus gave his disciples to love one another as he has loved them, to love one another self-sacrificially. Yet scary and vulnerable and perhaps counterintuitive as this commandment to self-sacrifice might be, what I think our readings show us is that the command to love one another self-sacrificially need not be seen as an unnatural violation of our instinct of self-preservation, but rather as a natural response to our being loved by the creator of the universe. That is to say, self-sacrificial love doesn't seem to make much sense within a conception of a world without God. Self-sacrifice is seemingly at odds with a, a naturalistic explanation of human flourishing, but a view of the world with God as the creator, a view of the world that shows the love of God as the core principle in the world, well, this makes all the difference in the world to, in motivating us humans to sacrifice ourselves in love for one another. And this premise as, as God's, of God's role as creator uh, and sustainer of the universe comes out clearly in the language our reading from Isaiah and, and our psalm also communicate. In the prophecy, Isaiah recorded God saying, God says this, I made the earth and created humans on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their hosts. God created all things, and God continues to govern all things. As we see similarly from Psalm 33, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashioned the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. God is a sovereign God who has made everything and continues to exercise his power over all things in the created realm. I found myself uh, last week participating in a Zoom conference, uh, bringing together scientists and theologians and other religious educators like myself. And um, I was in this little like, breakout discussion room with a few people, uh, one of whom was an astrophysicist, not one kind of person I come across very often, but he'd worked on the Hubble, uh, Hubble telescope for about two decades. And as he was introducing himself, he mentioned just kind of in passing that he researched the universe, which I thought was a very broad area of study. I was impressed. Later, I thought as a theologian, I should have said, oh, that's nice. I researched what made your research. But what this shows to me or what showed me the moment is that the universe is vast and it's broad. Think about the millions of stars and all the galaxies and the farthest reaches of space that we can barely even catch a glimpse of. Or we don't have to even go big, we can go on the microscopic level. <laughs> the countless microbes and molecules and atoms that make up the many objects on our planet or even just in this room. It's, for me, it's rather staggering. And then to think that God made all of this. God is the originator and the creator of all that exists. God's the maker of all things, visible and invisible, as our creed says. And God continues to keep everything in existence. Our psalm goes on. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. This kind of power, the speaking forth, this power that has created all things and sustains all things, this is the same power that empowers us to do those things that surpass our own understanding, like loving one another self-sacrificially. We can sacrifice for one another because ultimately our preservation isn't really up to us. 
According to Isaiah and Psalm 33, it's God who preserves us, God who sustains us, God who is ultimately responsible for our existence and our flourishing. Preservation simply just isn't up to us. And so we can be free. We can be free to release our grasp on that responsibility and instead focus on loving others in the manner that Jesus describes. I think this takes us to the reflections on the nature of love from our first John reading. John here reminds us that God sent his only son into the world in a self-sacrificial act so that we might live through him. And in fact, I think it's in this living through Christ that we see not only an act of sacrifice, but also a sort of missing link, so to speak, which joins us directly to this creational power that flows from God. We are able to love in a self-sacrificial way because we are joined by the Holy Spirit to this power. John's telling his audience to remain in God, to abide in God, and he writes, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his Spirit. This spirit is the same spirit who hovered over the waters at creation. It's the same spirit who overshadowed the Virgin Mary at the incarnation. The same spirit who came upon Jesus at his baptism. The very same spirit that Jesus promised his disciples in John 14 through 16, when Jesus issued this very command to love self-sacrificially. We who are in Christ, who abide in God, with God abiding in us, have the spirit the Spirit of Christ, which enables us to follow the example of Christ, even to the point of laying down our lives for, for one another. John goes on to describe that if we continue in this love and continue knowing the reality of our connection to God through the Spirit of Christ, we can have confidence and, in fact, not have fear. Fear is, is what drives our self-preservation instinct. I'm afraid, rightly, that fire will damage my hand. I'm afraid, wrongly, that running the last mile will ruin my body. And oftentimes we seek to preserve ourselves at others' expenses because we are afraid of the potential damages that might be done to us. But self-sacrificial love, when it's based on the fundamental premise of God's creation of the world and the Spirit's empowerment, need not fear. For in loving in this manner, we, we seemingly tap into a deeper logic than our own sense of self-preservation. We, we tap into a power more fundamental, more foundational than our own, our own intuitions to keep ourselves safe. We can love because God, the creator, who dwells in us by the spirit, first loved us. Now, if I may, I might point to motherhood as a prime example of fearless, self-sacrificial love. For in addition to being the sixth Sunday of Eastertide, today is also Mother's Day. Now, I'm very reluctant to insert Hallmark holidays into the church calendar. Perhaps I've seen too many churches go all out on July 4th for America and forget Jesus. But uh, I'm also aware of those for whom Mother's Day is a particularly challenging day because of infertility or miscarriages or those like myself who no longer have a mother living on earth. Nevertheless, it does strike me that motherhood can often be an example of this fearless, self-sacrificial love. 
And in fact, I think my own awareness of self-sacrifice with mothers has become more and more clear in viewing the experience of my wife, the mother of my kids. I see and have seen my wife put her own needs and desires way, way down on the list, putting our own kids' needs way up on, on the list of things to do. I can recall nights when the kids were infants and she'd be up six, seven times in the night attending to the needs of our kids, sacrificing the comfort of a complete night of sleep. Or the patient way she might listen to every story and every description of a small toddler narrating everything going on in his life sacrificing her own attention and mental energy. Or even now, I think of how she sacrifices many hours of the week managing our young teenager's life, soccer practices and soccer games and lawn mowing businesses and all that kind of jazz. These are small but clear examples to me of a self-sacrificial love. They may be simple activities, but each one is in miniature a kind of laying down of her life, of her desires, of her needs, of herself for her children. And I can imagine that we can think of our own mothers or others we know who have likewise displayed this kind of love. But not only are mothers called to this kind of love, all Christians, all followers of Christ, are called to a love that is self-sacrificial. And we in our community are no different as we seek to love each other through these challenging times and into our future together. And even though there is a, a vulnerability, a, a natural fear in loving one another self-sacrificially, I'd like to encourage us to meditate on these foundational realities of God as creator as we look for ways to come together here at All Souls. If you're finding it hard to love someone, what does remembering that your own existence is due ultimately to God do in that situation? If you're finding it hard to love someone, what is remembering that your own preservation is due ultimately only to God? If you're finding it hard to love someone, can you remember that you need not rely only on your own power, but on the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you? And in so doing, I hope and pray that we all may love in a manner that, as our colleague says, surpasses our understanding. Amen.